Um, so tonight we are watching Iron Man. Uh, other people that are showing up will be really late, but I know that some people are. Um, yeah, uh, so Iron Man, I just want to talk to you guys about it a little bit, and then we'll watch it, and then we'll talk a little bit more about it. But um, just some cool things to look for and some cool things that uh, the director and some of the actors did. Uh, Iron Man first appeared in the Marvel Universe in 1963, uh, of course written by Stan Lee, who actually makes an appearance in this movie like he does in most Marvel films. Um, in this movie, Tony Stark, the, the main character, Iron Man, uh, actually refers to him as uh, Hugh Hefner. He thinks that he's Hugh Hefner, and he's kind of like dressed up in a cool robe, and is like, how's it hanging, Hugh? And it's actually Stan Lee. Uh, Stan Lee, when he wrote the character of Iron Man, uh, modeled him after uh, Howard Hughes, which if you don't know who that is, like I didn't earlier today. Uh, he was once one of the uh, richest men in the world. Uh, he was a business tycoon, uh, a pilot, an engineer, an inventor, a film producer, a director, a hotel owner, uh, a ladies' man, and kind of a crazy person. Um, all kind of attributes that you need if you want to fly around in a metal suit fighting crime. Uh, you will see Tony Stark have all these attributes. Uh, Iron Man, uh, the movie that we're watching today, was made in uh, 2008, and it was directed by John Favreau. Really hard to say his last name. Uh, he also directed the movie Elf, very different from Iron Man. He directed Iron Man 2, and he's also directed Cowboys vs. Aliens, which is going to release soon. Uh, Favreau um, also makes an appearance in his movie as, as Happy Hogan, which is Iron Man's chauffeur friend guy doesn't really call him happy hogan in the film but when you see the guy driving around the bentley and unloading tony stark's luggage that's actually the director of the film uh what i thought was interesting about this movie and about some of the things that uh Favreau did was he was more concerned with the story and uh and the action scenes than he was with the script so when the movie started filming, the script wasn't fully written. Uh, what happened is Robert Downey Jr. heard about this, the, who plays Tony Stark, and he made sure his office was right next to Favreau so they could work on it and they could figure out what was going to be said, um, those kinds of things. Uh, Downey uh, wanted to shoot different different uh, scenes multiple times so that he could try different lines, he could try different things. Uh, a lot of this movie was just shot on the fly and hoping it would work out. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. actually came up with the idea of having everyone sit down. Tony Stark, uh, sit down in a press conference. Uh, Tony Stark holds a press conference, as we'll see, and he has everyone sit down, and he sits down himself. That was uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s idea that he just it just came to him, and he's like, let's just do this. He would do this. And so Favreau's like, all right, let's do it. Uh, Mr. Stark, Tony Stark, gives a speech before he launches the big Jericho missile, which if you've seen this movie, you know what it is. Uh, also, Robert Downey Jr.'s idea to have Tony Stark give a speech before he launches this missile. Uh, and that was just kind of a lot of freedom that Marvel gave Favreau. Uh this was first Marvel's independent film, and they were just excited to get it started. Production for Iron Man actually started in 1990, so this movie has kind of been in the back of people's thoughts in the working for 17 years. Uh, in 1999, Quentin Quaritino, Quaritino, 
hard to say his last name too. I'm terrible with last names. Uh, was pretty was was approached to um, direct the film. Uh, clearly, he didn't. Uh, also, to star as Iron Man was uh, Nicolas Cage was approached, which that wouldn't have worked good. Um, instead, he instead Nicolas Cage did Ghost Rider, and we all kind of saw how that tanked. And uh, so that could have been Iron Man. Uh, Tom Cruise was also approached, and Tom Cruise just clearly didn't happen. And this was all um, the director's just freedom that he had. Uh, like I said, it's, it was Marvel's first independent film, uh, so they were just ready to see it happen. And uh, the director chose uh, Robert Downey Jr. because he thought that Robert Downey Jr. could make Tony Stark a likable jerk, which in watching the movie... You, you you really see this because Tony Stark he, he's is this guy who's I mean he's really just a little kid uh, he drinks too much he's a womanizer and so there's all these parts where you're like I hate this guy but you just can't help but like him he's just such a cool guy and you just want to be friends with him and so um, Danny did the, an excellent job with that. Uh, let's see. Uh, in 2008, uh, another big superhero movie that was released was Batman the Dark Knight. So this movie and Batman the Dark Knight were released the same year. Uh, if you've seen this movie and if you've seen the Dark Knight, you know that they are two very, very different films. But what I love about it is that the characters are very much the same. Kind of, kind of weird. Uh, neither of them have superpowers. Uh, both of them are creating a new life for themselves. Both of them are just ridiculously rich. And it seems like Marvel took Iron Man and tried to make like DC's Batman just in a different way. Uh, and, and this is the thing that I found interesting is, is uh, you'll hear Tony Stark and, and Iron Man talk a lot about Jarvis. He'll talk to Jarvis a lot. And Jarvis is his computer, his you know, artificial intelligence that runs the house, that helps him in the Iron Man suit. Uh, and Jarvis stands for just a rather very intelligent system. You could kind of see it was just kind of thrown together because Jarvis was actually supposed to be a real person. Uh, and they're like, wait, that would be way too much a copy of Batman. Batman's got a butler, Alfred. Iron Man can't have a butler, too. It's essentially the same person. Uh, so they made him into an AI, and they just didn't want to copy everything. But uh, Batman is a very serious movie, if, if you've seen it. Uh, he's, I mean, he hangs out in the shadow. Batman does not smile. Batman does not joke around. Batman is very sneaky, hangs out in the shadows. Uh, Iron Man is, is not that way at all. Iron Man, when he shows up on the scene, he wants you to know he's there. He, he paints his, co or his, his suit uh, red and gold, so he's flashy. He stands out. He models it. Kind of after in this movie, you'll see that they make this this reference to a hot rod. Uh, the hot rod is actually John Favreau's uh, car, and, and so he it's a very flashy film, and it kind of has to be if you have a sponsor from Audi. Uh, you'll see the R8 a lot in this movie. You'll see an S5 Audi a lot in this movie. You'll see an Audi Q7. It's just zoom in on flashy cars, zoom in on flashy cars, zoom in on flashy cars, and the whole movie is just very flashy. Uh, some interesting things that I found out about this movie is that the Iron Man house is a real house. Uh, in the film, it's on the uh, it's on Dune Point in Malibu. Uh, in real life, it's not there. 
It's on a different hill, but it overlooks the ocean and everything. And you can buy this house. It's for sale right now for $25 million. With $25 million, you will get a four-bedroom house. But they make up for it because they give you six bathrooms. And you get the bragging rights to say, I own the Iron Man house, which is $25 million well spent just for bragging rights. Uh, in, in this movie, he makes uh, Iron Man Mach 1. It's the suit that he makes. Uh, this suit, when he put it on and everything was ready, was uh, 90 pounds. So you see him moving very slowly. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is not a big guy, so 90 pounds is a lot to just lug around. Uh, and it's not just because the costume was big. It was because he literally could not move much faster than he was moving in, in the film. Uh, originally, when they shot this film on Tony Stark's workbench, uh, uh, Captain America's shield was there because Tony Stark was, was working on that. Also, Doc Ock's tentacles from Spider-Man were supposed to be on his workbench, uh, but both those things were edited out of the film, so it would have been cool to see those, but just didn't happen. Um, now, when this comic book was originally written, uh, Tony Stark was captured, as we'll see in, in this film, but he was captured during uh, the Vietnam War. Uh, now, the director did some different things with it and played with it a little bit, so he's still captured, and it's still the, the general story uh, of how Tony Stark transforms into Iron Man and his, his trip, really, from boyhood to manhood. Um, so we're going to watch it, but uh, let's pray first. So you guys, will you guys pray with me? Uh, God, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you that we get to gather here and, and watch cool movies like Iron Man and see make-believe people blow up things. Uh, God, we just thank you for, uh, for cinematography, God, for, for films, uh, for movies that, that we get to watch and that we get to enjoy um, and, and all, the, all the good things that, that come with that, God. Uh, I just pray that you would be, with here, be here with us tonight and that we would learn something uh, from this film. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you guys notice that the bad guy in this movie, Jeff Bridges, was the good guy in the last movie that we watched here? Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And I was like, oh, look at that, Jeff Bridges. I don't like that guy. <laughs> um, so that was Iron Man. Uh, awesome film. Really like it. Uh, I don't know if it's one of my favorites, but definitely of the superhero movies, it is fantastic. Um, and Iron Man in, in a huge part is also the story of Robert Downey Jr., uh, this is Robert Downey Jr.'s big comeback film. I mean, he got into drugs and alcohol in a big way, and coming out of rehab, he was in a couple movies, but this was his big blockbuster film comeback. And so, uh, a lot of ways, this is uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s comeback as much as it is uh, Tony Stark's. And, and a lot of people that worked with him, and even the director, said that, that this is great because... Robert Downey Jr. relates so much to Tony Stark, and so he brings a lot of that to it. Um, and, and there are multiple things uh, in, in watching Iron, that, Iron Man that I think that we can learn. Uh, the first thing uh, that, that I see is that, is that Tony Stark cannot do good until he admits that he's done bad and then, and then stops it. That he cannot benefit people until he notices that he's been hurting people. Uh, and, and then what he does once he notices that is he comes clean. He comes clean to Obadiah. He comes clean to the press. He comes clean to Pepper Potts, his secretary. Uh, essentially what he's doing is he's confessing, confessing his sin so that he can move on in goodness. But first of all, he must realize he was wrong. 
And, and now a lot of movies, they, they give this message that in order to do good, we first must realize that, that I've messed up. First must realize that, that I'm a sinner. And, and yet a, a lot of us, we hear this and, and we go, yeah, okay, cool. But we don't really want to do this. Our, our culture doesn't want to do this, even though so many movies tell us to. We don't want to confess sin, because if we confess sin, that means that we have to admit that I've done wrong. And people don't want to admit that we're wrong. People don't want to admit that we actually live in sin and are actually sinners. But, but as believers, we should be all, all over this. We should understand this in a big way of, of confession of sin. And, and through confessing sin, we move away from it and seek repentance. And through God's grace, we move from a place of darkness into a place of light. Into a place of wickedness, from a place of wickedness into a place of righteousness, just kind of like Tony Stark was doing. First uh, John one five, First John, yeah, chapter one verse five says, "This is the message that we have heard and declared to you: God is light, and in Him there is no darkness. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not have truth." But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us all from sin. He says to live in the light, we must confess and walk with God into his light. That we repent from sin and live in God's light. Uh, another thing that I see in, in Iron Man is Iron Man lives the life of every boy's dream. It, it is just that, that is the dream, to just be rich and famous and have cool toys and blow things up for a living and have a garage full of cars and not worry about life and depending on the age of the boy, just be able to drink all the time and have a harem of women and not really concern yourself and just really just only worry about your own selfishness. Uh, James 3.16 says, uh, For where you have selfish ambition and vain... For where you have envy and selfish ambition, sorry, there you find disorder of every practice. And, and we see this in, in Tony's life, how, how he only concerns himself with himself. And, and his life just starts to fall apart. Uh, he has the thought that, that I'll work when I want to work. And, and when I don't want to work, I'm not going to work. I'm just going to fix up old cars and, and, and think about myself. I'll care about me everyone you see that in his life the, the closest person that he has he doesn't even remember their birthday all tony stark cares about is himself he just wants to remain a, a little boy the thing is tony stark's no longer in his teenage years he's he's a grown-up i wouldn't say that he's quite a man but but a grown-up sure and, and he wants to continue his his boyish ways he doesn't want to take on responsibility. He doesn't want to get involved in his company. He doesn't go to the board meetings. He just doesn't care. I mean, even his company is doing all these, all these things, all these, all these wicked things and selling, and selling uh, uh, guns and weapons I illegally, and he has no idea because he does not care because he will not take on any responsibility. He wants to hang out, blow things up with as little responsibility as possible. And this is kind of the view of manhood that our culture has kind of embraced that you know you can sleep around and responsibility just isn't for me and I'll work when I feel like it or I'll work so that I can obtain more stuff now I'm not saying stuff is bad I mean if someone was like here's the keys to an Audi R8 I wouldn't say no I that's an awesome car uh, 
But when your life is all about obtaining more stuff that you will eventually break or you'll crash, it's kind of just sad. When the purpose of your life is stuff and nothing else, your life amounts to lifeless toys. You see how in the cave, Tony says he, he doesn't have any family. When he was captured, he's like, I don't have any family. The person who is closest to Tony Stark is his secretary person, Pepper Potts, and she gets paid to hang out with him. I mean, if he wasn't paying Pepper Potts, she wouldn't be around. She just wouldn't be there. He says to her when his, you know, chess piece thing falls out, I don't have anyone else. And we kind of feel bad for him. And I think that that the director, he saw this and he's like, we need to animate his his robots. Let's make his robots have personalities because Tony Stark literally lives alone. He doesn't have any friends, so let's just animate his robots and then he can have pet robots and it'll be awesome. And and but you see after his kidnap after his kidnapping, uh that his his life starts to change and, and he, he becomes more of a man not just a boy who can shave. Once he takes on some responsibility for for his rightful company, once he starts protecting people, once he's no longer just looking out for his own selfish desires, once he's no longer only concerned with his toys, then he becomes a man. He takes ownership of his company. He starts to work. He actually cares about some of his relationships. Uh, He says a line in there that I really liked. He says, there is nothing except this. There is no art opening. There is no benefit. there There is nothing to sign. There is nothing except the next mission. You see him growing up, and he is more concerned with other people than he is himself. He is more concerned with his duty, with what he needs to do. Uh, it just brings me to the spot where, where, guys, I have to ask you, and, and, and what is your duty? What is our duty? I mean, love Jesus, love your wife or your husband if you're a woman. Um, you know, lo- love your family, provide for them, have fun with your kids. I mean, do you do your duty well? Is that a drive for you, or is that kind of an annoyance? Like, oh, you know, I'd rather just play Xbox all day. Uh, for those of you who are younger... Do you want to live the life of a of Tony Stark as the boy, or, or do you want to be the man who is Iron Man? You, you see, there's there's lots of messages that we could take from this movie, but I believe that the main message that the director is trying to get across is it's time to grow up, that you can't be a child forever. The message here is once you start to live for others and and let go of your own selfishness, you truly start to transform. You truly start to be a a man. Uh, Philippians 2, uh, this is 1 through 4, says this. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from the love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accordance and of one mind. This is the verse I really want to get at. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count your others count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you not look on his own interests, but also on the interest of others. What he's saying is that 
is that we find joy when we're not so consumed with ourselves. When we're more consumed with God and, and serving others, that is when we truly start to grow, and that is where we truly find purpose and find joy. And, and I really think that that is kind of his big thing in, in saying this, that once he grows up, he becomes a man. He has purpose in life. He has a mission, and he wants to accomplish this mission. Cool. Uh, that's kind of, sorry, I wasn't really sure how to, huh? Oh, yes. Um, are there any questions about the film or about what we talked about? I saw, I don't know. I hope you guys, like, like put together, like, all this stuff that we talked about at the beginning, like, where they, where they did this and stuff. There are lots of really cool, little cool things like that. Uh, no questions? Huh? Oh, yes. I, I'm sorry, I've never done this. Uh did anyone else see anything that they thought was interesting, that they thought was cool, that they kind of related? All right. Solid. <laughs> two? Yes. In two weeks, we're going to watch Inception. I was actually, it's funny, we were talking about it, and it's like, how is someone going to explain Inception? I watched it like a couple of times and still don't understand it. Um, I've actually never seen it before, so I'm really in for a treat uh, uh did we want to watch like the the very last part uh, this is at the very end of the credits the avenger is coming out the avengers is coming out it's like 13 2013 2012 next summer cool that'll be awesome uh all right um i'll pray and then we can back up and go home well you guys pray with me uh, Jesus, again, we just thank you for, for film, God, and uh, uh, to, to be able to, to look at a movie and to, to talk about it and to talk about you, God. And, and I just pray that, that we as people would, would uh, want to walk in dark, or want, want to walk in light, sorry. Uh, we would want to walk away from our, our darkness, God, and into your light, and that, and that you would come and you would, you would bring light into our lives, God, and, and we would thank you for it, that we wouldn't try and fight you, but we would uh, c confess our sins, God, and, and that we would follow you wholeheartedly, that we would long to, to live for you and to live for others, God, that we wouldn't be so consumed with our selfishness, uh, but we would be consumed of you. And we would be uh, thinking more about what our duty is and what, we, and what you would like us to do rather than what we just want to do. God, I pray that you would change our hearts uh, and uh, be with us this week. In Jesus' name, amen.